the you kind of like this guy, but when you can't decide between the filet o fish or the Big Mac, and he says, I'll get you both. Thank you. You definitely <laughs> like this guy meal. Get it at McDonald's when you get two of your faves for just six bucks. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Hey, it's time for Bald Move Television. Rising from the ashes like the cranky phoenix it is. Cranky? Yeah. Are we cranky? I mean, we're not not cranky. Okay. We're mildly cranky. I'm cranky when television sucks, and I feel like it doesn't suck right now. Well, you're cranky. I'm Aaron. <laughs> and we are going to be talking about Barry, two HBO comedies, ostensibly yeah. comedies. Barry, uh, starring Bill Hader, and uh, Silicon Valley, wrapping up its fifth season. Uh, which one do you want to take first? Let's want to get Silicon Valley. Uh, out of yeah, the way. let's get Silicon Valley out of the way because I feel like Barry's the meat. Okay, someone and, asked and us on the cotton candy. So we like to eat our dessert. We like to yeah. eat our desserts before our meats, for our, our puddings before our meats. Uh, I, I, someone asked us on lunch whether this is the best season and the best season finale of mm-hmm. Silicon Valley. I don't think so. No, I would go with season one if I were right. picking. I, I guess if I was ranking seasons, I'd go one, two, three, five, four. But five okay. is a noticeable uptick from season four, where I thought it was kind of just flapping in the breeze. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I still find that now the the thing that I think is interesting is because I, I talked with that length last week year with uh, Jason Shankle, I believe, from the Nattercast. Uh, yeah, it was him. Uh, how does unlikable Richard had gotten by last un- un- season? And I yeah. guess what I was surprised is how unlikable all the main cast have become. Uh-huh. Like Dinesh, super asshole. He's he's and a fool. The most unlikable this season, probably. Yeah, Gilfoyle is always been an asshole. But like, what do you make of the fact that he? doesn't correct like he corrected a lot of like people would call him a blank a blank blank racist mm-hmm. he never corrects the thing about the racist is right. he just a racist uh yes self-proclaimed maybe i i suppose I mean, yeah. that's an odd choice uh uh-huh. jared who i've always liked it was just like a fucking terror to that richard's assistant and uh-huh. richard like I actually thought he didn't come off too bad this season but the end they really they really jammed it down your throat they with really like did. him being an asshole karma's a bitch yep. kiss my piss kiss like my piss yeah all of that uh yeah sort of came out of the blue but we know who richard is and he's that guy he very much is that guy like when he sits down with jared at the end of that and he says or, or sorry not jared monica um he's talking about you know what a terrible person he is and mm-hmm. monica's trying to reassure him he's right he's right he's a terrible person right and he can change that he could become a good person but so far He's been a terrible person. Yeah, and that's the. I guess that's the other thing is like I felt like Monica left let him off the hook. Yeah. I wouldn't have a problem if she'd be like, you know what, Richard, you are an asshole, and that's uh-huh. something maybe we need to talk about more later. But for now, I need to keep you. But like, she's all like, no, you're not. You're good because like you feel bad about the times you've hurt people. No, right. there's lots of people. The difference between a good person and a bad person is a good person learns from making people feel bad and being yes. an asshole and and doesn't do that again or tries or not and makes authentic apologies richard does none of those things no there's lots of self-loathing people that are assholes out there that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons they're assholes <laughs> uh yeah man like fuck richard I, it's so because like i'd kind of almost forgotten that he was such a shit until that one thing i felt yeah yeah 
Um, but but as much of a shit as Richard is, a yeah. bad person, I think Dinesh comes off way worse this season. Like, He's just so petty and stupid because the other people it, still yeah. retain their intelligence. Dinesh just seemed like he was having the idiot, he was holding the idiot ball the entire season. He was, yeah. I mean, this whole Tesla thing was. Oh my god! Just beyond the pale. I. You're just mad because that just cut. That just cut too close. It cuts to the bone. deep. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I. I mean, it's funny, right? Like I. All of this stuff that we're talking about is funny. He's supposed to be really fucking horrible and annoying this season, and they accomplished that. But at the same time, like, he he is really annoying this season. I wonder, because, like, it's almost, it's hard with comedy, as I've noticed everyone turns into caricatures of themselves. Like, Homer Simpson was not the complete moronic beer-swilling dumbass that he was in season 10, much less whatever 20th season they're in now. Like, they they keep on leaning into those character traits, and they get dumber and dumber and more and more of a caricature. Uh, Like, Always Sunny. Like, it's always... it's it's. I watched Always Sunny out of order. Like, I watched it, like, from season 7 on, and then one time I went back and (laughs) went back to season 1. I'm like, holy shit. Who are these people? These people were, like, almost normal in the beginning. But everyone becomes, like, the caricature of themselves. And I wonder if Silicon Valley has a plan for just kind of going full Always Sunny. Like, I feel like up until a certain point, this show is about rooting for these plucky nerds. Mm -hmm. And now it's becoming like, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm exactly rooting for them anymore. Maybe I'm rooting for their employees because they seem like good people. Yeah, they always had like a cast of characters around them who were really awful to watch, like mm-hmm. TJ Miller's character. Or right. like uh, Gavin is just oh, a complete Gavin. train wreck. Like all of these peripheral characters were the things that you looked at and said, what the fuck? Yeah. But the core was kind of on the ball they were the heroes even if they were a little neurotic right, right. Richard has always been neurotic but right, right, right. yeah now they're turning them into the people you look at and say what the hell are they doing yeah uh, which I don't know might work like I love Sonny yeah they could do that um, or because I, I, I've often wondered I think we talked about this with Jason last year too that like maybe they pivot and like Richard does become the villain and mm-hmm. maybe it's about you know just just charting that descent yeah, like a, like a Breaking Bad, like a funny version of Breaking Bad. Um, maybe Jared's on the way to CEO. Maybe Richard's maybe. out. Jared's in. They did have some uh, like smart. Like I thought that Gavin Belson's quest to make these dick boxes uh-huh. uh, <laughs> as cheaply as he can was so fucking on the nose. Mm-hmm. Like, being angry that China and India are like, what, are you paying their workers fair wages and giving them vacations and all that stuff? Like, this is stupid. And, like, going back to America to some of these towns that he did. Like, that one town, what all happened to it? It it, it, it burnt the factory to the ground. Uh Like, uh, everyone looted his rare earth materials. Like, Uh there's, like, all this stuff. All because – and it's it's really – it's something that we need to talk about. Like, mm-hmm. the, the show is at its best, I think, when it points out the ridiculousness of, like, the policies or the economics of things that are going on, right? Because right. you look at, like, um, all these companies that are getting huge tax breaks, massive tax breaks to right. to headquarter in a place. Right. And in a, lot of, in a lot of cases, like, tax breaks that are bigger than the actual economic benefit to the mm-hmm. place they're, they're mm-hmm. in talks with, you know? Right. Um, so, I mean, that's, they, they do a really good job of portraying 
that in a funny light, I guess, even though it's yeah. a very not funny issue. Yeah. Do you think there's a little bit of, like, the Dilbert effect where, you know, d- there's a lot of early criticism of Dilbert that, like, by lampooning culpr- uh, a corporate culture is effectively normalizing it? Mm. Like, like you look at it and go, oh, that's so Amazon. Yeah, or like, like, that yeah, kind of yeah, thing. like, like oh, I, that's, yeah, that's ex- I, I can relate to that. And being able to relate to it makes it seem okay. Or, right. like, it's, like, it's a shared misery or a point of pride or something. Like, I... It is interesting when you have something that, like, pokes fun at something. Mm-hmm. And the, Malcolm Gladwell had a really interesting podcast about this in last season's Revisionist History where he went through, like, political humor and how, like, you know, people – and he uh, considered several examples from Great Britain or the U.K., I should say, the U.K., the United States, and Israel to show how a lot of times when comedians set out to – really skewer a political thing that they find distasteful, it actually helps it become normalized because mm-hmm. it humanizes the thing. Um, and I feel like sometimes, uh, you know, stuff like Silicon Valley can can, can have, uh, can, can be in danger doing that. Yeah, I, I feel like if you're going to make a joke about it, you also need to make the point that this joke is not funny. Right. Like, you're laughing at this, but this is not a laughing matter. Right. Like, um... John Oliver tends to do that pretty well sure. in his shows. You know, he will make jokes and there will be funny things, but the concepts he's talking about are so offensive right. for the most part. And he will point that out. He will say, like, you laugh, but uh-huh. these things are happening and they're affecting and, and real And humanize people. it. Show this is a person who's yeah. suffering mightily because of this. Like, look at this misery. Look at this human misery that's, that's happening. But I do whereas, think it's risky, yeah. Yeah, whereas when it's just like a joke about, ha-ha, Chinese gear are getting better paid and now American workers are the third world that, like, you know, the, the essentially rural states that have lost in the Rust Belt are now the new third world. I mean, that's funny, but, like, they never... Like, like the description of the suffering is a punchline mm-hmm. that that I guess Gavin's the victim of. Like, I don't feel like very many billionaires are in a position where I don't know. Uh, what did you think of their handling of cryptocurrency? Uh, I liked it. I liked. It. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I'm. Who's the guy who's glad the, that it didn't immediately work for them? Who, who's the guy that tries to get the third comma? I uh, forget uh, that guy. The, the the him trying to search through the junkyard for the. Uh, all the bit, the 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 whatever virtual the USB crypto, thumb drive. Yeah, the with, cryptocurrency's got all that stuff on it. Like that's uh-huh. really funny. Um, I thought Gilfoyle's pitch, where he like goes back to like ancient Greek conception of value. And yeah, he's like that, skip all that. Yeah, it's it's that's that was pretty funny. Um, uh, and then the, like opening up the Richards Network did fifty one percent attack was mm-hmm. re- I thought really well done. Although. I I talked to a couple people and they had no idea that 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 was a thing, like about like controlling, getting control of those distributed networks. Like yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. if you own the majority of it, then you can, in a very real way, own it. And I don't yeah. know how they ever how they because I know I remember one of the reasons I kind of got out of Bitcoin a couple years ago is because. There didn't seem to be any answers for how to deal with that. Like, and it looked like that there was going to be people to put together a big enough farm to own 51%. I don't know whether just the market itself, like when you know, people got too close, people got into the marketplace. and I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard it being a big – but then again, I'm not really following cryptocurrency that much right now. Mm-hmm. So do you know if they ever solved that? I don't know. The blockchain, man. Yeah. I, I, I like all of the – the business dealings they had this season. I really liked the robot 
because uh, it felt like it felt oh, like right. taking it felt like taking the piss on Westworld. Uh-huh. Uh How they really kind of you know, especially Jared's relationship with her, very young William, and then yeah. they smash cut to her just being violently ripped apart mm-hmm. uh, and sold her off for scraps. Eyes and tongue being pulled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Face uh, skin. When her face skin was pulled off, that was yeah, that was just wrong. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it it was pretty horrible. bad. It was pretty bad. Uh, what do you think of Lori's character? Uh, I was actually surprised that she went as ruthless. Like, I-, I feel very much like the Chinese factory owner. I don't know how to read her. Yeah, because I feel like she says she's all business, but I think it's really masking uh, a very ugly, vindictive streak on her. Seems like it, yeah. Uh, so I wonder if she'll start getting comeuppance in the way, like, Gavin Belson, mm-hmm. or Gavin Bel- Belson is uh, reliably getting his comeuppance of late. She might. I did like, it's, it's, you know, I think Richard's a tool, but him fucking over Gavin as Gavin tried to fuck. I, I thought that was yeah. a pretty elaborate 30-minute multi-level clusterfuck. Of it a, was. Of a, of a, and, and him fighting it and just by the skin of her teeth. and. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like the return to, you know, early um, Silicon Valley where Monica is kind of on the side of Pied Piper. Yeah. Like she's fighting in their corner. She's really been kind of in cold storage for the last two seasons. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like she's going to come into her own next season with kind of leading this company mm-hmm. as far as their business strategy goes. Because Richard's bad at that. Oh, you yeah. Know? He's he's an asshole, and he's not a businessman, no. but she very much knows the market and knows the business. So And now they're a legit, like, now they're, like, overnight a huge company. Yeah. They're, like, a Hooli-sized company starting next season. And that that's yeah. where, like, I don't see how they do that. Like, How are they going to be the underdog next season? Right, right. I mean, I guess it'll be the return of Gavin, or maybe they're building up uh, Lori into that villain. But um, it's just, I don't know, it's a different show. Like, this thing was all out of Ehrlich's bed, or, you know, living room. Yeah. Uh, up until this, this season. I also like the... Um, how they did the whole uh, walking through this gorgeous office in the beginning of the season, and it's like, oh no, we're not here, we're in this, and it's just this fucking hell. It's just like it's just like the worst place to work with buzzing fluorescent lighting, and they did that like the invert of that, where it's like, oh, it's this thing, and then it's actually even bigger and more spacious and beautiful. Yeah, uh, I thought that was a pretty cool. Uh, I don't know. I thought that was a pretty cool. I don't, I don't know the whole the whole internet too. I thought what was going to happen is as soon as the thing take off, took off, they're going to find out that it's immediately used for child pornography <laughs> and uh-huh. hate speech and drug dealing and hit. Because that's like, I think, a truly decentralized Internet. That's exactly what would happen. Yeah. Uh, and I wonder if they will ever deal with, like, the 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 co- the consequences of free speech because it's kind of like uh you know Mac and Charlie when, or was it Mac who was it it was Mac and Dennis when they made the most American bar in America because they wanted to basically a place where it's girls gone wild all the time and then Frank <laughs> brought bought his shady Vietnamese oh, gambling yeah. buddies and then the McPoyles uh-huh. came up and it's like hey it's, we're free to be ourselves like not many people when they say ultimate freedom have what ultimate freedom right. in mind actually has and what kind of people that ultimate freedom will eventually run off uh-huh. for for because i don't you know like uh ultimate freedom sounds great until you realize it's total anarchy and you're living in mad max land mm-hmm. and then you want the rule of law back so it's it's a lot it's again a return to form after last year's pretty forgettable season but i felt like 
my opinion is maybe they should stop here. They're not going to. No. But, like, this felt like a serious finale. Pied Piper has made it. Uh, yeah. No one's really learned anything. Uh, Richard's still throwing up in wastebaskets. But that fe- that felt like a good place to leave things. Where do you think they will leave it? Do you, do you see like a, a possible trajectory? Is I it mean, gonna I really be like Jason's idea for... of, of pivoting to to Richard being the the villain. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but I don't think that doesn't seem like that's what they're gonna do. So mm-hmm. like now, like man, I, I I mean maybe they're gonna make it into like it's essentially a, a, a virtuous version of Hooli. Like if Richard can like maintain his conscience and you know like be able to make money without like splitting people or fucking people over like is maybe they'll go that route or maybe it'll be a more cynical like that's the only way you can get ahead mm. because that's the thing like all this all this exploitation of 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 underprivileged workers is a natural outcome to the drive to make profit like sure. if you can like you know in a very real way it's illegal for a corporation to not make the most profit they can in this situation sure like you yeah. can you can you can be sued for at least a public company yeah like yeah, a privately held company they have a, a, a fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders to maximize value which leads like that's a very perverse incentive absolutely um and i don't know like is, is pied, pied piper is it i guess it's it's not really a public company. It's a. I don't think so. They, it's backed by cryptocurrency now. Yeah, they did an ICO. So, so the the rise and fall is that a common thing? Doing an ICO? Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if it's a common thing for like companies who already have an established business and business model to do. Right. But yeah, I mean, there are new cryptocurrencies doing ICOs all the time. I know, I know that, but like, I was wondering if that was like a new innovative way for like a company to just like could bald move do an ICO. Sure, we could. Um, would it be profitable to do so? Not if they're worth seven cents each. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I, yeah, I don't. But on the other hand, it's, you're making value out of nothing, right? I suppose so. Uh, yeah, I don't know how it all works. Right. But we're looking into it. Not right. what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I was reading some commentary about crypto earlier this year, and people were saying, like, what the, it seems reasonable to conclude there's a lot of Wall Street types that are just fucking these economies for sport. Mm-hmm. Like, they know exactly what they're doing, and there's all these amateur nerds speculating in this thing that's completely unregulated and completely decentralized. Yeah. And there are rich and powerful people just making killings on this and uh, on the backs of people who are that don't have money to lose and are losing it. And it seems like that's like, why wouldn't it? Yeah, There's no regulation, absolutely. no oversight. You've got tons of statistical analysis and buy sell things that you've you've weaponized over a hundred years of Wall Street data. Why wouldn't you just be able to? Why wouldn't you know any Wall Street company just be able to go into that market and dominate? They would. I mean, you can. So they are. I was just saying, say, like, with, if they can, yeah. they probably are. Then, right? Oh, I wonder yeah. why we don't hear more about that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they're good at covering their tracks. Maybe it explains why Bitcoin's so fucking swingy. Yeah. So up and down. Uh, do we have anything more do you want to talk about uh, Silicon Valley? I don't think so. Uh, let us then move to a discussion of Barry. Okay. Uh, Barry was not on my radar at all this week, this this year. Um, mm. But it's Bill Hader. I really like Bill Hader's projects. Like, Documentary Now <laughs> is still one of the top delights of the last five years. Yep. Um, 
And but then I heard it's like, okay, I saw the trailer for it, and he's like an assassin, and it's like, how can you make a funny thing? It's, that's like not that super well traveled territory, right? I can think of Gross Point Blank, okay, right, and this like a funny a, a, a funny assassin type of movie um, or television show, and I think they nailed it. Has um, Mr. Bean ever been an assassin? He maybe played like a James Bond. I feel like yeah, that's probably kinda. yeah. Jackie Chan's done the tux- man in the tuxedo or whatever. What was that called? Like Johnny something? Johnny um, Bean. Johnny Bean. <laughs> yep. Uh, so let's like I want to break this down non spoiler real quick. Why should because everyone knows about Silicon Valley? Why should people care about Barry? Because uh, it's Bill Hader. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's becoming one of my favorite comedic actors uh, at this point. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 just a good show. It's well written. Yeah. It's surprising. Uh, it's funny most of the time. It has a lot of weird characters. So if you enjoy like you know caricatures of people right. as characters, I think you'll enjoy this. It's like Chechnyans and Bolivians uh-huh. at war. It's got the it's got the guy from True Detective uh-huh. uh, as one of the most memorable characters. Yeah. Uh, Glenn Flesher, uh, Flesher, oh, Fleshler. Is that his name? Yeah, he was. So he was. Uh, he was the Yellow King in uh, uh, the True Detective season one. He was also George Remus on Boardwalk Empire, right? And he plays this uh, Chechen gangster named Goron. Uh, Anthony <laughs> Kerrigan uh, as Noho. Yeah, he's yeah, the guy who stole the show, man. I think so. Yeah, and this is so. Uh, this I would say this 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 show is sneaky funny. Because it and it's very dark. It's very dark. And by the end of the season, I was wondering, like, my God, can they continue this trajectory into darkness and still actually have a comedy? That's something that like BoJack Horseman also struggles with. Like, how can you do this like searing portrayal of like depression and mental illness and yet consistently generate the laughs? Yeah, BoJack's still doing it. I I, I wouldn't bet against Barry. Uh, but it's a story about an ex-marine. Who has been uh, you know, like? I, I, what is the exact relationship of him and and, and Fuchs? Fuchs? I, I don't know. Uh, have they? Because I, I I I admit to like kind of sort of halfway paying attention for the first episode. Me too. So if they establish that, I'm not sure. But like he's been kind of a, like adopted by this guy who's played by Stephen Root, who's very funny, who is kind of like his. What do you his like agent the guy that like arranges for him to assassinate yeah. people and finds jobs for finds him. jobs takes care of all the details uh, arranges his alibis and 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 keeps track of all that stuff but he's also using him mm-hmm. and you know like uh like uh, in the kind of like Leon the professional like this like Barry's kind of uh, easily to take advantage of and he's impressionable and he's not very socially adept. But he is very, very good at killing people. And yeah. that's the other thing that makes this thing work is that the action scenes are legit kind of cool. They like are. like Bill Hader pulls off this near Jason Bourne level of lethality uh, mm-hmm. and, and make it funny. Now, let's get into the spoilers because to me, what makes this work is how this thing continues to escalate. Like he's yeah. supposed to kill this Mark uh, who is in an acting – uh, 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 enrolled in a, a shady fly-by-night acting uh, class uh, who's ran by uh, Harry, uh, Henry Winkler playing mm-hmm. his character, Jean Cosano. Who, what, what's his damage? Because there's this one scene... Well, let's, let's talk about that later. Anyway, he's running this <laughs> thing. He gets wrapped up, decides he wants to be an actor. Uh, 
is, is supposed to kill this 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 kid in this acting class, but he's too late to get there, and the Chechnyans kill him himself. Then he they attack him, and he has to kill him in self defense. Then he has to kill a succession of bad guys. Then he gets a sidekick who's a fellow Marine, but he's crazy, and he almost gets him killed, but he decides he can't kill a Marine. That turns into a fucking slaughter later on that gets one of his, like, really innocent, normal Marine buddies killed. He actually actually killed him himself, mm-hmm. uh, which leads him to having to kill this detective at the end of the season. Everything just keeps, like, like I, when I first was watching, I'm like, well, Barry will just never kill anybody who's good. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the season, he's racked up a body count of at least two innocent people by my counts. And can you continue to do a show that that's funny when your hero is doing this many broken things? I think so. Especially, I mean, I, yeah, it, it's not as like much of a farce as Always Sunny is, but those people are fundamentally broken and doing fucked up stuff all the time. Well, that's the thing. Like they never get real, like Barry does yeah. in Episode Seven, where like I thought them the way they depicted him just losing his shit at like because they the other thing this show does really well are these daydream sequences, mm-hmm. um, where I've never seen like a person's like daydreams visualized like this. Where he like can see his buddy's wife getting the phone call that he's been found and he's committed suicide and how she just can't comprehend that and then the kid comes home and he and they're at the funeral and like he's seeing all these things and it's like they never do that with any like all of the victims and always sunny are just crash yeah. dummies to be destroyed sure. by the gang and they don't learn any lessons and that's fine but they never dwell on the victims or Dennis's complicated psychosis about how he feels about that mm-hmm. um and that's the thing like that's a that's a really delicate balance like i mean you can have stuff like breaking bad and Mad Men, which are funny here and there but very serious like i wonder if barry can maintain this consistent level of, of being funny and still be that serious well, the thing is i didn't think it was very funny for the first few episodes really? i was more wrapped up in the story of barry huh. less in the comedy because i didn't think there was much comedy there once you start introducing like Goran and Noho and those guys, like, then your comedy starts entering. Huh. See, uh, I, I Henry thought, Winkler, like, yeah. all those guys. I thought like, that some of the funniest stuff was the Chechnyans, like, the fact that, like, you know, how much they love torture, and then they brought that old torture guy over, uh-huh. and uh, Noho was just super funny, like, one of the, real, the, the, he's a funny-looking dude, I guess he's got a real-life thing where he's, like, completely bald, he doesn't have, like, eyelashes or eyebrows, but it makes Whoa. him look just... yeah striking visual and he's all tatted up and he's very genteel uh-huh. and he's got like these really kind nice of clothes he, and... he sends text messages with bitmoji versions of himself and uh-huh. it's it's just really it's just really funny and like uh goran seems like an all right dude and that was one of the funnier things is when goran's talking to the bolivian guy and the bolivian guy's like super chilled out and like squared away about everything but he's fucked it up because he followed fuchs's bad advice mm-hmm. um I, I don't know. I thought that stuff was really funny. I, thought I do, too, but it all happens, like, those guys don't even come into the picture until at least episode two, maybe three or four. Hmm. I thought that, uh, I don't know. I also thought, like, uh, like John Hamm showing up in a random uh-huh. uh, daydream for Barry was really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I really want to talk about after the season is how sure are we that large chunks of that last episode actually happened? A hundred percent. You like, don't I, think it's possible that all that was is going to be, be bullshit, a, a dream man. sequence? Can, like, no, no. I 
everything I get from them, and I really appreciate that they're doing these behind the scenes, like interview with the writers. Um, they, they interview Bill Hader and I think his co-writer uh-huh. um, after every Berg, episode. And they, P, uh, Alec Berg, I think, is the same. Oh, really? Yeah, he's same the show, as Silicon same Valley. As Silicon Valley yep. um, yeah, and they, they interview them about the big moments in the episode, and their writing process seems to be very much from a, like, what would happen next? Not right. like what's going to be the most funny thing, but they're always able to squeeze comedy out of the thing that would naturally happen next, and that gives me right. a lot of faith in them to continue this story in a believable way, even with all these ridiculous characters around mm-hmm. him. Because mm-hmm. Barry is the center of this, right? Right. And as long as he stays on a track that we can sympathize with and believe would happen, then I think the show is going to be good. Yeah, and it's just, it's like shockingly good on a dramatic standpoint because like that time the the point where Barry is forced to kill his marine friend mm-hmm. um, is like one one of the most harrowing things I've seen. Right up there, the the worst I've seen in like Breaking Bad, like the slow realization in yeah. real time that Barry, Barry realizing I'm gonna have to kill this guy, mm-hmm. and that guy figuring out about 45 seconds later that oh shit Barry's gonna have to kill me yeah, I just said the wrong thing and... I just said the wrong thing to a very very dangerous person and now yeah. I'm fucked that scene was excellent I can't talk my way out of it like my god that is a good that's a good scene for any show let alone a comedy yeah but I don't know I just felt like I did uh, it, the, the, it felt weird because the, here's the thing the final scenes felt weird but I don't think they they'll ever go dream on that I do think you're right about that like, if they completely reverse it and it's a dream that that would feel like bullshit but I honestly yeah. kind of felt like it the the flash forward was bullshit too mm-hmm. because Barry was just too good in a, a good of a place mm-hmm like, where did all this, like, I mean, I don't know how many years have passed, but, like, where did all the confidence come from? Where are all these roles coming from? Why is Gene now, like, not a loser and a fuck-up, but he's actually, like, because that's the other thing is, like, I thought they were building up when he kind of fascinated this detective um, uh, who I can't recall the name of. Um, but was she, he goes, if you're not, you know, he he, he lures her onto a date and, with false pretenses, and it's just a massive douchebag about it. <laughs> Yeah. And he he she he says and like he look charms I, her. <laughs> I promise you if you are not you don't have fun at the end of this date you can kick me in the balls. I thought we were building up to an epic joke of her just like laughing and having a great time at the end of the night just epically racking him in the balls. Yeah, and then that's it. We never see it again. Here's what I think makes it feel like a dream at the end is they subvert your expectations so fucking hard. Right. Because you don't expect Barry to be in a really good place in his relationship. No. Uh, you don't expect the police officer to have kind of just said, yep, that's the solution, and dropped the case. But, I mean, that, I thought that was well done because, like, so, like, she wanted to not believe it, but yeah. everything just kept lining up and kept lining up and kept lining up. Absolutely. But every other show would have kept her skeptical till the very right, end. Right, right. Uh, you, you don't expect so much of what's going to happen. Right. Then when it does happen, it's almost like, I don't believe that this is actually happening. Right. No, it was like the longer it went on, the more I was like, I guess this is really yeah. happening. Um and you know they do seem to like take a page from the Vince Gilligan book where they're like they're fine with painting themselves into what seems to be an impossible corner. Yeah. Cuz I don't like the way they left the season where he murders the detective who is the paramour of his teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh and this weird retreat they're having like how the hell does that not get back to him? You just killed a cop, dude. You're already kind of a yeah. perpetual person of interest. I mean, 
you have to play it as a missing persons thing, but that's a thin fucking veil. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how he's going to get away with this. Did honestly. you think that he was going to be able to talk the detective out of, you know, taking him in? For a second, yeah. Yeah, that's that's really good writing. He, he did have some good appeals to emotion here. Like, you and I are the same. And, yeah, and, like, I and was, she's like, I was taking advantage. You're and, a fucking murderer. And I'm a, I'm a cop, and you're a fucking murderer. And then I'm like, how the hell is he going to get out of that? And then you saw the... The pistol that mm-hmm. was that that was tied to the tree, and I'm like, oh fuck, yeah. Uh, but that's why, like, I'm trying to decide which is the going to bother me most. The fact that Barry is just like he put all that shit behind him and just buckled down and became a good actor and had this like because because I, I this dude that um uh what's uh sally is her name yeah sally is her his 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 girlfriend's name who she he creeped out so much that she said essentially stop talking to me you fucking psycho stalker Mm -hmm. i don't know how much time has passed but like barry's just not that smooth period yeah and i don't know that like killing this friend and writing fuchs out of his life fuck is it was this is fuchs yeah uh, I thought there'd be more more funny stuff about his name looking like fucks, but right. <laughs> writing him out of his life, like I just I I just can't believe you can restart your life like that. Yeah, I mean it's it kind of all centered around Sally's desire to put on a great performance and Barry aiding her in that, you know. Yeah. Um, when he comes out and he says the, the Queen's dead, mm-hmm. and he does it with tears streaming down his face right. with genuine and emotion, like, and that oh, propels her yeah. to a beautiful performance. Yeah. Uh. That seems to be the cornerstone of their relationship now. Yeah. But it's all built on, like, what, it, it's funny because also it there's that really lies, funny scene yeah. where she's like, I'll tell you about my process. She talks about this abusive relationship she had, and then she's expectantly waiting for him to say, and he just won't take the bait. It's like, uh-huh, yeah, okay, uh-huh. I thought that was really good, but, like, I just don't see them together. I thought that, we're, I'm supposed to understand that Barry's got this kind of adolescent understanding of everything, mm. you know, except for the art of killing. He's like this arrested development stunted dude. And then I just, like I said, I it it feels to me like either way they're kind of stuck because I don't buy the development. Like I buy it as a daydream, but I also think the daydream went on so long and had such impact and mm-hmm. it's going to be seen as such bullshit to revert it that they're in the horns of the limit because I don't buy the, the character development that Barry went through. They yada yada a lot of shit that I think I should have seen. Yeah. Or they did just an almost unconscionable, you know, fucking Dallas move of, mm-hmm. of it's all was just a dream. I, yeah, I'm, they can't go that direction next I'm season. I'm very curious to see how they bridge that gap. Because the other thing is yeah, also we'll Barry's not a good enough actor to just act his way through all that stuff, too, I don't think. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know. Maybe years passed. That's the only thing I can think. But again, that's a lot of years of uh, a, an interesting dude's life that I kind of wanted to see. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't really know what they're what they're going to do next. I mean, my my thought is obviously the investigation into her death is going to cause is going to be you know the crux of season two. Well, I mean, Gene's going to be de- that's the thing is like Gene is going to be devastated. Yeah. Uh, so that's you know I don't know what uh, if if they can she, go pretty funny places with that like I can see a, Hen- a devastated Henry Winkler being pretty hilarious or maybe that because okay, I, I want to talk about Gene what's his damage because he goes and sits for an audition but it just seems like a formality it's like oh it's always nice to see you Gene always, and, and and like they mm-hmm. just instantly dismiss him like that's his ritual like he goes and he's going to audition for this thing 
and he's going to have his headshots made, but he knows he's not going to get it. They know he's not going to get it. He's like this weird, he's a professional teacher. Yeah, but I felt he, like he was. He I, is an over-the-hill actor who never made it as big as he wanted to. I, I don't think he ever made it up the hill. Like, I forget, what was his like claim to fame? He was like a background actor in a Law uh, yeah. & Order episode or some shit like that? I guess so, yeah. Uh... I mean that stuff. Like I said, like like the the making fun of the actors, and I the other really strong point is when they were all bagging about people who kill other people and how that's just a monster. And like Barry gave yeah. this whole passion speech, like, well, you know, I'm a marine, I kill people. I guess I should just put a gun. In. And everybody's like, you know, no, Barry, no. And Gene stands up and's like, look, you know, I think we can all admire <laughs> Barry and his service and have uh-huh. sympathy for what he's gone through and not think he's a monster. And then, like, Barry's in the clear, right? And he goes, but uh, we can all agree that outside of war, yeah. killing is absolutely immoral and makes you the most irredeemable monster. Yeah. And Barry's standing <laughs> right behind him. It was so fucking good, man. It is. It's so good. But, I, yeah, I don't I don't know what it does to Gene. Um, I don't know what it does to Barry. Uh, it's a great final scene, him, like, you know, trying to do starting now, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but... You know, how many times can you do that? Did it even happen? Those are the questions that are swirling around in my mind. Yeah, it's a great show. I would recommend if if you haven't seen it, not to listen to the twenty minutes of spoilers we just did, right? <laughs> and also to go watch it. Yeah, I, I wish we had done this in a slight. I guess we can edit it around it because yeah, I'd like to emphasize that these are half hour episodes that are there are only eight of them. Yeah, like you can catch this up in a lazy, lazy Saturday afternoon, uh, and I think it'd be also bingeable. Because mm-hmm. that's the thing. The way this escalates is very satisfying because, you know, like I, th- I thought the action was competently done. But, like, I thought the scene where him and that crazy Marine, gung-ho Marine, like, they take down that st- that stash house was really, really fucking cool. Yeah. And then when you hear he's bringing his buddies and they're going to hit this air, like, you just think it's going to, like, they keep subverting your expectations. It's like, okay, what's going to be the bigger and more awesome stash house scene? And it's just a fucking clusterfuck. Mm. Uh I don't know. It's 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 a great show. It is in the podcast. Uh, so that's our we're trying to get the you know get the, the the bald move TV feed dusted off yet again. Uh, I think we got plans for another one pretty soon involving a kind of a deep dive on the terror. Okay, is it called the terror? Or is it terror? It's called the terror. The terror. The AMC show that has uh, is going to be. I think finishing its televised run this week but it's all it's what where did you watch this at on amazon yeah i think what happened is it all got released is this on a young amazon. is this a young pope situation yeah where it's like two different production companies and they split the live rights versus the online rights and... it might be something like that i don't know all of the episodes got out there um, and not like leaked like amc released them somehow yeah uh so i watched through the entire thing i'm already done with it and it's really really good cool Cool. So that I, uh, I'm, we're going to try to do next week, but then again, next week is going to be a short week because we'll be down in Dallas for Con of Thrones. Yeah. So uh, we'll we will see. But uh, anyway, thanks for watching this. If you do have feedback, you can send it in to TV at baldmove.com. You can also talk about this on our forums, forums.baldmove.com. And if you're wanting to see where the best way to find out when new Bald Move TV episodes drop and everything else. Uh, website baldmove.com all the social medias at or slash baldmove however they format their URLs uh, is where you do it Uh, until we see you again I'm Aaron I'm Jim later